Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss our news, commentary, and analysis every day at 4pm. And get in touch. Drop us a line on social media using the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Miles, and the government wants you back to the office next week. It is now safe to start returning. Uh, that's what we're encouraging people to do. Transport Secretary Grant Shapp says it's safe, but are employers doing enough to encourage their staff? And... I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. Donald Trump's closed the Republican National Convention, but did he convince doubters to vote for him? We ask US correspondent David Gardner. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, how do we get the UK back to work? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Getting people to stay in their homes at the start of the pandemic was relatively easy compared to the campaign to get them to come back out again. A report just released by Southampton University says 9 out of 10 workers who set up shop in their house or flat would like to keep it like that. But if it does stay that way, the economic consequence is obvious. Just yesterday, Predamonje, which relies on people picking up lunch, said it will have to cut nearly 3,000 jobs. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has been doing the media rounds to tell people that trains and buses and going back to work are safe. It is now um, safe to start returning. Uh, that's what we're encouraging people to do because although you can do an awful lot of things by via video, Zoom yeah. and all the rest of it, there are limitations to that and there, there'll be times when that's not appropriate. He was speaking to LBC there, but our editorial column says employers themselves need to do more. Workers won't be encouraged to return if they do so only to hold meetings via Zoom that they could have easily joined from home. That means bosses being creative with office space to ensure that people can gather together while maintaining social distance and then getting the message out to employees that the invigorating buzz of office life they remember can be revived. Now is a time for leadership. 
Our economy and the vibrancy of our capital need people in offices, and ministers and employers together must strive to encourage them back. So next week, the government is launching a huge back-to-work program with public transport playing a massive role, including more train services. But also returning to their desks will be schoolchildren. So with lots of people, adults and kids, getting back onto public transport, how can something like social distancing be maintained? Well, in London, TfL is launching a new school bus service, putting some into use exclusively for the use of pupils, a bit like the model used in parts of the US. It won't be yellow, though. The Managing Director for Surface Transport, Gareth Powell, is with me. And Gareth, how will this work? So our top priority is obviously to get uh, our kids safely back to school uh, and to keep everyone else moving uh, across London. So what's going to happen is uh, on the top 220 of the busiest bus routes, uh, we're going to designate every other bus uh, as a school service. And what we're asking is that school children uh, use those buses uh, and that everyone else uh, uses the alternate bus, the, the regular bus services. Uh, and that will allow us to carry more school kids on those routes because under government guidance, uh, we can occupy every seat uh, with a school child, which is the same uh, mechanism as they will be sitting shoulder to shoulder uh, in the classrooms. So uh, it's important that we get the school kids onto those buses. Uh, it's important that everyone else uses the other buses. They'll be very clearly signed uh, in the front window uh, of the buses. And we just ask everyone to allow a bit more time for their journey, uh, because obviously uh, some kids have changed schools and we don't know exactly where the demand's gonna be. So uh, we'll have hundreds of people out on the streets observing how it's going. We'll get a lot of feedback from bus drivers and we'll gradually uh, move buses around to try and optimize the services uh, so that everybody can get to, uh, you know, where they want to get to, uh, when they get to. So normal commuters can't use the school buses. Can pupils use ordinary buses, for want of a better word, if they want to? Yeah, so uh, we're asking everybody to use the bus that's right for their journey. Uh, this is only operating Monday to Friday from, you know, for school commuting time, so 7.30, 9.30 in the morning or 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, so we are asking everybody to use the designated vehicles. Um, you know, actually, uh, we think everybody will want to do that because I think that would be a better environment for everyone uh, to travel in. But obviously outside of those times and on the routes that are operating without these changes, because it's not on every bus route in London, uh, then anyone can use any vehicle. It's just that the vehicles are restricted, the double-decker buses, in the number of people they can carry with social distancing to about 30 per vehicle. Whereas to give you an example on the dedicated school services with kids on them, uh, that would be up to about 60 people, uh, 60 kids per, uh, per vehicle. So it's really important to us that we do uh, get people to travel on the right vehicles because then uh, we'll be able to carry more people uh, overall uh, at this busy time. 7.30 to 9.30 is pretty busy on the roads. Can they take having extra buses on or is that going to cause delays? So, yeah, no, they will be able to take the additional buses. But of course, a big concern of ours would be that uh, there's an increase in background traffic. And we would ask uh, Londoners, if you can walk and cycle, please do. Um, don't get in your cars to, uh, to take your kids to school if you can avoid it, because we do need to keep the roads clear to get the buses through and to keep everybody uh, moving. Also, if you want to travel, uh, travel on quieter times. There are, there are plenty of capacity on the public transport network. Uh, it's safe and easy to use. Uh, and we will have space for everybody to travel around. So uh, we're hoping that, that Londoners won't feel the need uh, to use their cars and so on. And actually, we'll get everybody there uh, using the bus service, walking and cycling, which is the most efficient way uh, to get everybody around safely. 
next. He is trying to scare them into voting for him. That's his, his tactic. I suspect that will be the tactic that he will follow in the next 10 weeks. US correspondent David Gardner reviews the Republican National Convention. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My fellow Americans, our First Lady and the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. His own daughter Ivanka introduced Donald Trump to the stage on the final night of a Republican National Convention has often seemed like a family gathering. Donald Trump Jr. took the podium on the first night, so did his girlfriend Kimberly Guilfoyle. Eric Trump has spoken, so has Tiffany. The president's wife Melania, of course, made an address as first lady. But if, as some have claimed, the takeover of the Republican Party is now complete, will that be what it takes to keep Donald Trump and family in their jobs? Our US correspondent David Gardner is with me. David, Mr Trump spoke last night and you were listening. What did he say? The Republican National Convention closed as it began with a speech from Mr Trump. He's clearly decided to make this personal, mentioning Joe Biden's name 40 times during the 70-minute speech. Joe Biden is not a saviour. Joe Biden spent his entire career outsourcing their dreams. Joe Biden's agenda. Joe Biden. Joe Biden and his party. Joe Biden wants to inflict a painful shutdown on the entire country. That compares to last week's speech by Mr Biden at the Democrat convention, where he mentioned Mr Trump's name not once. The current president has cloaked American darkness for much too long. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. The reason is clearly that Trump believes he can out-debate, out-attack, out-criticise Biden. He's gone for the throat of the Democrats, trying to paint an apocalyptic vision of the future under a Democrat president. Violence in the streets, socialist agendas. Uh, he, He accused Mr Biden of being a Trojan horse for socialism. He is the destroyer of America's jobs, and if given the chance, he will be the destroyer of American greatness. This is the kind of fear uh, that Mr. Trump is trying to generate across the country. It's an old-fashioned tactic in America, indeed, and indeed in politics. But Mr. Trump is taking it to a new level. I think uh, he is using the unrest across the country. Uh, for which he has been criticised for in, in his handling of it. He's trying to use that to persuade Americans that it's going to get worse under the Democrats rather than uh, worse under him. So Joe Biden clearly getting a lot of name checks in Donald Trump's speech there. But 
Not a single mention of the words coronavirus or COVID-19, David. One subject that was uh, notably absent during most of the convention was the subject most people in America and around the world are talking about, the coronavirus pandemic. He did refer to the China virus twice. He certainly didn't mention the 180,000-odd people in America who had died from the virus. This, again, would be because it's one of the main areas of criticism being levelled against him. In recent months, our nation and the world has been hit by the once-in-a-century pandemic that China allowed to spread around the globe. They could have stopped it, but they allowed it to come out. We are grateful to be joined tonight by several of our incredible nurses and first responders. Please stand and accept our profound thanks and gratitude. You could not ignore the fact that the Trump family were on stage without masks. Most of Mr. Trump's cabinet were in the front rows of the uh, South Lawn of the White House without masks. And most of the nearly 2,000 people watching from chairs on the South Lawn were very close together. Most were not wearing masks, and there were a number of them elderly, some in their 80s. It wouldn't happen in the UK, that's for certain. So we have another speech by Donald Trump, a long one this time, where his critics say that it's full of falsehoods, assertions made without evidence, such as claiming China spread coronavirus around the world. Do these addresses of his, though, make a difference? Has this convention been a success? In terms of uh, Mr Trump's campaign, that remains to be seen. He needs to pick up the independent voters, the people that voted for him last time that may be swaying this time. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I mean, he is trying to scare them into voting for him. That's his, his tactic. I suspect that will be the tactic that he will follow in the next 10 weeks as the campaign is undoubtedly going to get uglier and uglier. Mr Trump's attacks are likely to get more and more blistering and more and more personal. I think we can guarantee that uh, there are going to be televised debates head-to-head between Mr Biden and Mr Trump. Those, we can almost be certain, will, will follow that similar tack. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with The Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back on Tuesday at 4pm.